Hey guys, it's your girl Jodi Ann, also known as I Go By Joe, and this is The E-Project. Let's start the show. Hey guys, it's your girl Jodi Ann. I'm back with another episode. Today's episode is a little bit different. Um, I decided to do a little bit of a throwback. So this episode is going to be a where are they now? Um, I have one of my previous interviews that I've done. Um, this was about 2015. Her name's Ojo Aji. She is an artist, a visual artist that specializes in figurative painting. Welcome, Ojo. Hi, Jody. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I'm so happy to have you back. Um, it's been two years since our last interview. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, it's been a while. Um, Not much has changed, to be honest with you, but I'm still making art, still focusing on portraying women of color, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. I've always been a fan of your work, and we've obviously developed a really amazing friendship (laughs) since (laughs) even before the interview, actually. We kind of, we were, you know, we were getting to know each other and just became like sisters, so. (laughs) So much respect for your work. I have so much respect. Oh, thank you so much, girl. I appreciate it. So like I said, guys, this is a special episode and I really wanted to bring back people that I have interviewed in the past. I thought it was really important to kind of showcase what they where they've been, their journey, what they've been doing. Um, so yeah, so this episode's going to be, I'm really excited for this one. So Ojo, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since the last time we spoke. Yes, I'm trying to think. It's been two years. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, which is why I say not too much has changed. I'm still working on expanding my portfolio, trying my best to get as many shows as I can and trying to get my work out there and uh, really still building on Daughters of Diaspora, which is a series I started in 2014 to portray African millennial women and sort of explore that space of being Canadian and African and what does it mean to be black and all of those things. So I'm still working with those themes, but also kind of pushing it and seeing how else I can conceptualize my work and how I can move beyond just thinking myself as a two-dimensional artist and maybe working in 3D space as well. Oh, awesome. So as an artist, I'm sure you come across countless things in terms of maybe seeing your work online that Mm -hmm. you had no part of putting online, (laughs) you know, certain aspects. So when stuff like that happens as an artist or just as a creative or even as just as a person, when you see your work that you put your sweat and tears in and without people even reaching out to you saying, hey, can I get your permission to feature your work here? How does that feel? And like, how do you how do you guys handle that? Uh, Well, I always feel I'm never surprised anymore. I always feel disappointed and a bit frustrated. Um, But I've changed how I've handled it over the years. There's never any malice in it. It's literally just ignorance. People see something they like, they take it, they use it, they don't think at all about where it came from. Mm -hmm. So usually if I can track down the person, I will just send them a message and say, hey, could you please credit me? As long as they're not using it for commercial purposes. If they're using it for commercial purposes, I usually ask them to take it down. Yeah. But it's the internet. It's usually gone around so far at that, that point already, that it's it's pointless. Because, I mean, if they're going to make a profit off of your work, I think that is not only insulting, but just it's almost common sense. Yeah, it, it should be. And it's really disappointing when I see other creatives doing it because they know if someone stole their work, they'd be so upset. Mm. So it's kind of weird that they don't pick up on that. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's 
what bothers me the most is the association. I didn't choose to have my work associated with those things. Mm -hmm. My work exists in its own context. It has its own narrative. And so people strip it of its context, put it to their own context. And often it's done really, really tackily. Is tackily a word? Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> cute. Ta- ta- sure, it's just it's not cute. It's never cute. Like they put some ugly text on it and like a filter and like cha- actually change the work itself sometimes. And it's um, not how I want my work to be seen. And I do think it devalues the brand that I'm trying yes. to build overall. I think that's one of the most frustrating things, um, even for me as a photographer. Whenever I do work with somebody and they filter the work, mm-hmm. it's like I now have that in contracts, but it's like. It really, it bothers me. And some people may see it as like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a filter. They want to, like, you know, just whatever. But I take it very seriously. Like, to me, my work is like my baby. Mm -hmm. And when you alter it like that, it kind of shows me that you you don't have any interest in it. That or even respect. And it's even a conversation. Even if you say, you know what, um, I kind of want it to have a different look to it for, for certain purposes. So... Is it okay if maybe could we talk about editing it a little bit differently just for for this? And to me, that shows a lot of respect, and I can respect that and be like, you know what? Yeah, I can alter, I can change whatever you want, but you're allowed. Now you're giving the power kind of back to me and letting me mm-hmm. do that. So for you, I feel like um, I definitely hear what you're saying, and I think that's crazy that people would think it's okay to use your work and just you know expose it like that without even giving having your consent right right. and things that i've even seen of your work recently with that book oh my which gosh. i think was insane um the google book where uh, someone used my artwork on the cover wrote illustrations by ojo eggie so there may be more inside the book and under it says this material is copyright you can't reproduce it without our permission and i thought well you didn't ask me when you reproduced it. so And they're making a profit. They're selling a book, money. I don't know that anyone's ma- buying that. <laughs> I hope no one buys it, but I think that that in itself, that just shows how much ignorance is out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like I almost don't even know if that is ignorance rather than just like straight up disrespect. Like Both. Because yes, they credited you, quote unquote, but I mean, it doesn't matter. They even tell they're me. making money off of you and you're not getting royalties for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want my work to be associated with what they're doing anyway. Exactly. So, uh, guys, as artists, I just feel like it's it's our responsibilities to stick up for one another. If you see something that you don't that you know in your heart is not right, if someone's using someone else's work, speak up and and even show them, send it to them, and you yourselves try not to use other people's work without their permission like it's just it's just a level of respect you know what i mean this is like the double side of the internet right like on the one hand it's democratizing the art world it's releasing the power to the people and people can kind of you know develop their own platform cultivate their own audiences and get their work out there in Mm -hmm. a way that we couldn't do before exactly but the downside of that is that you lose all control of your work once you put it on the internet. And that's mm-hmm. why I've been sort of off the internet now, trying to step back from Instagram, step back from my website, mm-hmm. and kind of keep things precious, keep it to myself. Instead of letting it get, you know, reblogged and retweeted and, like, mass-produced out there. Because yeah. it is losing its value. It is. I've come across so many people who have seen my work and know my work but have no idea who I am. I introduced myself. I showed them my work. Oh, that's you. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, that's the background on my phone. Oh, that's the background on my computer. So why didn't you know who I was? So it's, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It just makes the work less special, in my opinion, to see it get around like that. It does. Exactly. No, I I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, So I know on a little bit on a more positive note, 
there has been some really good, a lot of good times mm-hmm. since our last interview. There's been a lot of positive things that have, that have occurred. Mm-hmm. So one that I really want to bring up is your South Africa L feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I went to South Africa in November 2016, met a lot of cool people, a lot of great people, and I actually went to the offices of Elle South Africa. So I got to meet with their editor, Teddy, and she was really great. She was really sweet. They were really busy, but she took the time to meet with me anyway and looked at some of my work. And by the time I got back to Toronto, like barely any time had passed, and she emailed me and was like, oh, you must be home by now, but we want to feature you in our Woman in the Arts issue in March. And so I agreed, of course, and we went back and forth. And then, as promised, I was in the magazine. And I think they dedicated like a whole, like a half page to me. Um, They condensed our interview. And then there was a photo in there and some pictures of my work. And yeah, it was really, really sweet. (laughs) Oh, that's that's amazing. Congratulations again on that. Thank you. Did that experience show you your value and how important your work is? Yeah, there have been a few experiences, but what it showed me was that location really matters. I've been pushing my work so hard in Ottawa and Toronto for years, and the reception has been very poor. And I can really only get a show like Black History Month, you know, February. That's the time where I'm like overwhelmed because everyone wants to show my work. And then other times of the year, it's like dead quiet and I apply Mm. for shows and I'm never the right quote, quote, fit. But when I was in South Africa, like that, that desire everyone had to see my work and that urgency everyone was so excited about it everyone thought it was so great it just made me think maybe I'm just in the wrong market or I'm just in the wrong audience and yeah maybe this is not where it's at for me which is not a bad thing like I I do like to travel I do like to move around Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was a great experience to see okay this my work is valued here and they think it's important here so Mm. maybe this is where I need to focus more of my efforts and I think that's good I'm glad that it, it kind of showed you that you know what being in more than one place is where growth is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Toronto's great. I mean, it has its has its moments mm-hmm. for you know, it has its downfalls. And Ottawa's not really known as like a big creative hub, but no. it's growing slowly but surely. It's gotten better than it was before than it was before in Ottawa. It's gotten better. You can argue that. I, I think it's gotten better <laughs> compared to what it used to be ten years ago. It's still it's still yeah. a struggle in a sense where they're still you know fighting to really push the, mm-hmm. the artistic creative side of Ottawa. You know, um, the people who are doing it are doing a fantastic job. Yeah, like, people that like Shifter Andre, magazine, Kaka Hanasifa, yeah, Call Me a Love, yeah, they're doing really good. Especially yeah. with Shifter Magazine, I have to shout them out because they are one of my sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> um, they feature the podcasts on their uh, all their their platforms, mm-hmm. especially their website. So. Thank you, Shifter, for magazine for doing that. And um, I think they're just doing a great thing. And they recently just launched an agency, mm-hmm. um, Shifter Agency, which is for creatives. So I think that's really cool. But I just think, like we were saying, I think it's important that um, knowing that traveling is going to be a key component mm-hmm. of your growth in your work. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, South Africa, L Magazine, like, that's huge. Like, for, th- for them to see that the value in your work is amazing. And then who knows what's going to happen from that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of your future plans for your art? Yeah, my future plans for my art. um, I spoke a bit about this earlier, just thinking of myself as more than just a two-dimensional artist. Um, Right now I'm I'm doing a lot of painting, a lot of figurative painting, but what if I can use a 3D space to tell the narrative as well, make it more of an immersive experience? 
Um, I also like the idea of that because it's harder for people to copy. With your artwork being online on the internet, people sit there, they look at it, and they just copy it, right? They just do their own version of it. But if you really have a unique concept, it's very tough for people to rip that off. Um, so really, I'm just sort of low-key trying to work on building my portfolio and building my skills and building my concepts and mm. building, expanding the way I think about the things I'm thinking about and like approaching it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm trying to take my art right now. That's really cool. So you recently completed um, a residency. Yes, I did. Yeah. So how did that go, and how did yeah. that even like how did that start? Yeah. So I actually applied for that residency in October. It's with Feminist Art Conference, which is. Uh, I think it's a biannual conference or maybe annual here in Toronto. And they do a two-week residency once or twice a year. So I applied for the spring one. Um, I heard back that I got it in South Africa. Um, so I had like six or seven months to, you know, get hype about it. And then went for two weeks in May to Toronto Island to do the residency. And, of course, Toronto Island is flooded right now. So halfway through, we got relocated. Um, it was really great. It was fantastic to be among other artists who work with feminist theory and who are coming from that perspective, because you get different feedback from your work. Mm-hmm. You know, people who aren't, who are, people who are working within the canon, the white male canon, have a certain way of how art should look, how you should address it, and, you know, well, you can't do black lines, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. Why not, right? Like, I find it's a lot more restrictive. So working with people who had an understanding of anti-racist feminist theory, who are not about following the norm and are trying to subvert the norm, I thought was really empowering. And seeing the way that those women work, um, or those people, I should say, work, was really fantastic as well. I, I really enjoyed the experience. I thought they were great. Awesome. Yeah. Did you have any um, highlight moments um, during the residency where you're like, like that you really appreciated. Like, did you take away anything, anything specific that you're like, wow, this has really like inspired me to keep going? Or yeah. uh, there was no one moment, but one thing or two things I thought were quite interesting. A lot of the women work with uh, photography and installation, mm-hmm. so that was kind of one thing that inspired me to take myself out of two dimension and try to work in three dimension. Okay. Um, a lot of site specific installations as well. And um, a lot of performance using your actual physical body, I mm-hmm. thought was really cool. Um, and just seeing all the different things that people are exploring and how we could connect our themes. You know, someone could be doing something completely different. One woman was working on, you know, plants and pollination. And just to see how you could link that to other to technology and then, you know, link, you know, make all these different connections among the different art uh, practices. And I thought that was really fantastic. I saw some really cool things from them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, things I never thought, like, oh, who would have known you could put those <laughs> two things together? And, you know, she did it. So. Yeah, that's real interesting. Yeah. I love that. So for your series, uh, Daughters of Diaspora, Di- Diaspora. <laughs> always struggle with I'm, saying I'm that. told I'm saying it wrong, so I don't know. <laughs> um, with that series, and obviously it does highlight women of color, mm-hmm. um, not just specifically um, black women, but all women of color. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important to you to showcase that and to um, have that as your inspiration? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic topic to talk about because it's there are so many angles of it. And the first thing that comes to mind right now with all of this um, propaganda is Canada 150, Canada 150. And Canada loves to talk about being multicultural and being like a melting pot or like, or what do you call it? A mixed salad. You don't want to melt anymore. I think it's the salad now. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, this idea that we're so accepting here. But growing up, I definitely never felt Canadian. I was always, well, I thought it was until someone would say, well, where are you really from? And then I'd be like, okay, must not be Canadian. But then also not quite Nigerian because I've never lived there. So it's just this idea of exploring the intersections of our identity and finding out, can I really wholly belong in any of those spaces? Or am I always going to be excluded? And if so, there's so many of us like this, not just those from Africa, those from the Caribbean, those from Asia, you know, that are dealing with this sort of mixed identity. Mm. Um, And I think it's really important to look at where do we fit in? And if so many of us have this mixed identity, that in itself is a new identity that we should be talking about. That makes sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think, no, I think it's, that's beautiful. And I think that's so needed um, now more than ever, Mm -hmm. um, especially when young girls don't necessarily see themselves as much in the media. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see it slowly, but slowly. But for me, it's almost like a, it's, 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 (laughs) even saying this but it's almost as if it's a trend right now being a person of color is so cool right now it's so trendy it's like (laughs) and it kind of frustrates me because it's like why why is it a trend like why can't it just be it frustrates me too because if you look at who is our create like who are the people creating these images it's not us a lot of the time it's not us Mm -hmm. like um was it was it gucci or one brand that did this shoot with all black models and everyone got so excited and of course black people champion everything that we see that looks a little bit related to us and so it's a very easy market for these you know execs to be like oh let's just put a black person there they'll love it Mm -hmm. and you know it blew up and then some people were like okay but the stylist was white the makeup artist was white the hairstylist was white the photographer was white everyone involved in creating this image of black people for us to consume and identify with was white so where do we have control in our own image and how we present ourselves. Who's telling us what to identify with and what to like? And that's been my biggest issue with like the art fashion industry is that it has become trendy. Black bodies is trendy, a black style, black fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because we are not in control of it still. And so I'm very big on figuring out, okay, who actually made that work before I support it? Mm, 100%. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, it's very... Very controversial, mm-hmm. um, controversial and appropriation, of course. Mm-hmm. Cultural appropriation is at an all-time high right now. Mm-hmm. And it's almost to the point where it's like, I'm tired of hearing, it's just inspiration. We're just trying to get inspiration from a certain culture. But then you don't want to credit the culture. You want to say, give it a brand new name, like Mark Jacobs at one point called uh, his line. Um, what did he call them? Um, those hair, the, instead of Bantu knots, he, what do you call them? Instead of Bantu knots, he called them something balls. I don't know. Uh, so, some, don't quote me, guys. Boxer but was, braids for Kim Kardashian. It was Kardashian something and weird. It was just like, to the point where, and that's like when it was Justin sort of just starting. And I was just like, it had already started. But at that point, I was just like, wow. So, Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that one, I feel, is a little more obvious for people to identify. But it's when the image is of a black person mm-hmm. that people are not being as critical anymore. They see a black face and then they're like, great. But who put that out there? And that's the part I feel like people aren't looking deep enough into. Mm. If everyone on set was white except for the model, what does that tell you about power and privilege and like who's actually creating the images we consume and who's telling us what's important, what to identify with. And is it even their idea? Or did they just go and look on some black girl's Tumblr, steal her stuff, and then do it here? And then they, they're they the ones that get paid for it. So, 
yeah, that's that's one thing I'm always very careful about. Yeah. No, I th- and you're, you do such amazing work, and it's so detailed, and it's it's very um, purposeful, Thank I find. You. Like, I love your work, and it's, yeah, you definitely are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, <laughs> I can't think of it. But the point I'm trying to say is you don't just draw or create something just for the sake of likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. do it be out of purpose. So what do you hope the industry would offer to new artists? Okay. That's a very big question. I can tell you what I feel is the barrier that some artists like myself are experiencing right now, and maybe mm-hmm. we can brainstorm what would be the solution to that. Um, so like I said earlier about social media, it's been democratizing the power in really all industries, art, fashion, music, you can reach your your audience directly and you can grow your audience on your own without having to go through the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like the gatekeepers are seeing that they're losing power and then they are being stricter. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm finding now, you know that, that, that trope for photographers, like, oh, everyone's a photographer now. All you need is an iPhone and people kind of roll their eyes at that. And so now they want to see that you went to photography school. You know, whereas before they might not have cared so much. Yeah. And maybe I'm projecting. Maybe this is not as big a deal as I think it is. But being a self-taught artist, I find it's get being it's it's a bit hard to be taken seriously mm-hmm. by the gatekeepers because they're like, well, everyone's an artist now. Everyone has an Instagram account. And I feel like you have to sort of prove yourself a little bit more now because it, it's harder to crack. So on the one hand, yes, you can kind of build your art practice outside of the art world. But at the same time, I find that the art world is kind of becoming a little bit more restrictive to who they let in because of that. Mm. So what I feel I'm lacking is that opportunity to kind of cross over into getting, um, you know, gallery spaces and showings. So I don't know what what I would need. I, I, I don't know what I, would, what I could ask for that would make that easier as a new artist. I I I'm not sure, and I wish I had like a more positive answer. But no, no, it's it's a real. It's a, that is a very honest answer, and yeah. that's out of anything. Like that's what I like. That's what's needed. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it is a big question, um, and in terms of just like, you know, the art world is very finicky. It really is. <laughs> it really cause... is. Being a creative is not easy, but I feel like as long as you. Like, there, like I said, there will be time to struggle, but as long as you push through and you just, like, know that, you know, this is what I want to do, this is my passion, there's going to be times where it's hard as heck. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you know your end goal and you know your purpose and you know you're meant to do this and just push through. Because there's times where you're like, let me just go get a 9 to 5 and quit everything. Like, this is just, <laughs> this is so frustrating. So, yeah, it's just, you have to push through. Yeah, but it's, it's funny because I... I know people who are even way further in their careers than I am who also are self-taught and they still deal with that. They still deal with that, well, you didn't do it my way or you didn't do traditional way and so we don't respect you as much. And it's it's incredible to me because despite all their list of accomplishments, they're still getting that pushback that mm. they're not they're not really qualified because they didn't go to school for it or they didn't go like the, this internship way or whichever way mm. it was that the people went. So... Yeah, I wish that would disappear, but what would the art will be without its elitism? It's kind of like foundational to it. So, yeah, I don't know. That's true. Guys, just keep pushing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's not no, very inspiring. No, don't apologize. I think 
it's it, the art world is something that you have to have very tough skin. Absolutely. It's not something you can just go into no. and be like, hey, I want to I want to do this mm-hmm. and let's just see where it goes. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than that. Absolutely. So, so for you, um, how has how sorry for you? How do you balance work because you work? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you balance working and doing your art? Because some people look down on that. They say, "Oh, you're not an artist if oh. you're if you're working <laughs> a nine to five. I know. You know how many times I got that messaging? Like, "Oh, real artists struggle. Real <laughs> artists suffer. Like, if you really care about your craft, you'd be working on it twenty four seven. Let me tell you. <laughs> Number one, being a child of immigrants, my parents already did the struggling. For me to struggle in that way that some of these artists think is noble to struggle um, would be completely disrespectful. Like, it, it, like, like my parents would never let me live on the street. Like, I would just be in their basement for forever, and that's just rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's not true. You know, like, I've had friends who you know, call me a sellout and then simultaneously ask me to buy them lunch. I'm like, oh, so you want me to buy you lunch with my sellout money? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, your money has to come from somewhere. And for those who are okay with insecurity and can live off of grants and whatnot, like, great, do you. But I don't think it's right to disrespect someone else's journey because, you know, art supplies are expensive, you know. Getting yourself into the door to get to the level to even apply for grants is difficult. I don't qualify for most grants. I'm not considered at that level yet. So, you know, it's... Which is crazy to me, but continue. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's how things go, right? Like, even to apply for a grant on, like, I think Ontario Arts Council, mm-hmm. you they want to see your education. Where did you study? Oh, mm. well, where did I study? I didn't study. So it's... It's like, yeah, you've got to you've got to fund it a lot yourself in the beginning. You've got to be your own investor at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I can't go to South Africa to push my art there if I don't have money for my plane ticket and my hotel, right? Yeah. And you know, again, like selling things online, it's a very slow process as well. Like you're still building a following. So all of it, it's it's how you choose to go about it. Um, and I also like the idea of working the nine to five, which I didn't respect it before. Before I was really lost in that narrative of, oh my gosh, like I'm doing this wrong because I'm not doing it 100% of my time. But now I'm like, well, with working, I get to create the work that I truly want to create. Like I'm not creating it because I'm trying to sell. I'm not creating it because I'm trying to make something popular. I'm creating what is important to me for myself first and foremost. And then if everyone else wants to look at it after I'm done with it, then that's great. And to me, that's that get more intrinsic value out of that. Mm. So I, I've I've come to appreciate the nine to five as like an asset um, to the art to yeah, the art practice. Build your business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really cool. And I also want to make a note on when you're looking for someone to help guide you. Mm-hmm. So like for you, mm-hmm. you. You mentioned, did you have a mentor? No, I'm looking. Anyone wants to mentor me who does figurative portraits of black women from an anti-racist feminist theory perspective, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I would I would love to have um, artists who kind of do the same, like in the same kind of practice that I do to at least talk with, whether we're on the same level or they're more advanced than I am. I would like to um, have those conversations, but I most often run into those who want to learn from me. So I end up taking on the mentor position, Mm. which I don't feel quite ready yet for because I'm still trying to build as well. Yeah. Um, So I I want someone that I feel I can learn from or at least someone um, at the same level where we can have these discussions and build each other together. But I just haven't found it yet. 
Okay, so yeah, definitely mentorship is huge. Absolutely. Um, I think it's very vital in the growth of your career. Mm-hmm. I think, and not that, I don't want to, I don't mean that you can't grow if you don't have a mentor, but it definitely helps the process. I would think so. I don't know what it's like because I've never yeah. had one. <laughs> you will get one. <laughs> no, Ojo, um, I think you're doing amazing work. And you. your work is, like I said, very purposeful, um, very impactful. And um, I think it's just the matter of meeting the right person. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is when it comes down to business. It's You can do great work and you can work your ass off. And of course, that will obviously get to you where you need, get to. Wow, get you to where you need to be. But it also is who you know. It is a who you know game. It really, it is. really is. Oh my gosh! Um, so you just have to put yourself out there, network as much as possible. I think that's key. Is that something that you kind of do? Like, do you go to a oh, lot of events? Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I send the most emails. It's so annoying. <laughs> and also, an introvert, right? So it's like really exhausting. Like, I like to do like one thing a day. Like, if someone asks me to hang out, I'm like, sorry, I already have a plan for Wednesday, so I'll see you on Thursday. So, yeah, it's, I do. It just, it's tiring and, yeah, but I do, yeah. No, I think it's important. Events are definitely key. So, thank, Ojo, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This is great. I was really excited to have you come on again, especially now that we've launched the podcast. So, thank you so much. And, um, guys, I will leave her socials at the bottom of the blog. And one place they can find you for sure Would is be, Twitter right now. I don't use Twitter. Okay. Um, there may be an account with two tweets, but I don't <laughs> use it. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash artbyojo or just Ojo Age on Facebook, I do occasionally post articles on that. Okay. Um, Perfect. My website is still up, www.ojoage.com, but I won't be opening it for a while until it's ready and then my instagram is pretty finicky i may or may not be back with that okay yeah well they can still find you they can find me (laughs) (laughs) and see your awesome work so thank you so much oja for coming guys thank you so much for listening to the last episode of the podcast for season one um this is episode 12 i cannot believe that we were here already but thank you so much for sticking with me and um just look out for bigger and better things for season two and that's that's out that's all (laughs) so guys again thank you so much for listening and i cannot wait to have you guys listen to season two so bye guys bye see you guys later